0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm James, that's Katie, and of course, that makes this episode 35 of Circles and Squares. Uh, how are you, Kate?
1: Uh, I'm doing great. How are you?
0: You know, I just got my second COVID vaccine, like l- literally about an hour, not even an hour ago, um, and I just came right home ready to record. So feeling good, feeling um, excited to be one step closer to, you know, somewhat safety <laughs> within this whole um pandemic setup we have going on but yeah it's good good feeling and uh ready to podcast always ready to talk about games of course
1: wonderful um yeah well i've got a fun fact for you um that you've had a busy day you might not have heard of um but speaking of you know or pandemic coming to an end and getting out and doing some fun stuff um i don't know if you were aware but the japanese olympics or the olympics it's not just japan for japanese people the olympics for everybody held in Japan um started the today for us at time of recording the 23rd and they had some really cool video game representation apparently in their opening ceremony they played a bunch of video game music so there's a ton of franchises uh that got shouted out so there's some dragon Quest, some final fantasy monster hunter like chrono trigger like all sorts of good classic stuff um, but the one that's really cool that stands out to me is they got a song from Nier played in there yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. So it's interscrever's all these like really long standing, like big influential franchises. And then also Nier which just shows like, wow, that must have been so cool for the developers.
0: <laughs> How cool is that, hey? Like games are on that level now, especially like I guess taking place in Japan really helps it out. But it's like, man, they're playing video game music at the Olympics. This is like a world stage event and these songs are are like front and center in the presentation. That's awesome, and like shout out to all those. Yeah, guys.
1: it really is. Well, I think I I don't know if it was the Olympics or it, it was some kind of big national thing a few years back, and I think Japan had like Pikachu as one of their like official mascots. Um Yes,
0: yeah, I remember. I think it was the World Cup of soccer or something one year. Or something yeah, like it, that. it
1: might have been something like that, which is super cool. But this is just even maybe like to a higher degree, and yeah, it, it's cool that like you know obviously. The video game business is massive and Japan is, you know, one of the, the leading, uh, countries in that from previous and still to current. So it's just, it's super cool to see that recognized as such a big, important thing coming out of the country. And, and that's awesome. I like where, where that is headed.
0: Shout out to you, Japan. And may the next country to host the Olympics also include some game music from whatever games they make there. That would, that would be so cool. They, every country should do that from now, here on out. I, I strongly believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, Kate, we got a busy show, as I always say, at the start of all of these shows, so um, just to give everyone a rundown of what we're talking about today, of course, uh, we are starting off the show with the games that we've been playing over the last couple of weeks, which is actually a couple of PS Plus games, Um, and then we will move into the second part of the show, which is a news roundup. There's a lot of different variety going on there this time, so look forward to that. And then finally, for the third part of the show, we're returning to a classic Circles and Squares favorite, The Quiz, which I am very much looking forward to see the... Hopefully not so maniacal version of a quiz you've created for me uh, to partake in this afternoon. So look forward to that to close out the show. Um, but Kate, let's start off with what we've been playing this this uh, couple of weeks, which, of course, is our we both played two games from PS Plus uh, for this month. And we'll start off by talking about WWE 2K Battlegrounds, because you know what? When a game like this comes to PS Plus, you have to have that obligatory night where you just kind of go in, you make some ridiculous characters you just mess around with it for an evening. And, you know, we should have, in hindsight, we should have had a couple of whiskeys or something with it. We didn't end up doing that. <laughs> but we did have a pretty fun time playing this. And I'm a little bit surprised overall with how much I enjoyed this being, I think neither of us are really huge, like, wrestling fans or, you know, we don't have a lot of experience with those type of games. But, I I mean, I had a really good time for the couple hours we decided to sit down and play this.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a ton of fun. And like you said, it's definitely one of those ones you just, you go in with no expectations and just try to have a funny time and you laugh at all the stupid moves and you make the most, like, the dumbest, most ridiculous characters. Like, your guy had on, like, flame leggings and, like, jorts
0: over Donald <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. The creative characters is just... That, I mean that's definitely the part that I that sticks out for me the most from playing this is just making the most ridiculous looking wrestlers and I forget we had some funny names too. like your guys name in particular was just
1: that's right yeah you you were like some big beefy like like massive train of a guy in jorts named Jimmy Slim <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like my, right. my character was like. As in You're as high much flyer, camo right? as he could probably yeah it was a high flyer he was in as much camo as he could as he could be in he had like the most ridiculous like I don't know he looked like he was going like on a swamp safari with the hat and the glasses <laughs> he was wearing <laughs> the sports and sunglasses Br- sports sunglasses and his name was Brendan Midnight
0: <laughs> I mean I don't <laughs> is know if this. Like,
1: Oh, just Uh, the stupidest thing he came out and was doing like backflips like leading up to the ring like it's just so dumb and so much fun
0: this is uh yeah it's an interesting game you know there was there was a lot more depth to it in terms of like modes and like skill trees for some of the characters that you could unlock by by going through the game and I We didn't test out the single player, unfortunately, because I would be kind of interested to see, like, not that I would go through and play it, but just in terms of, like, a curiosity of what type of campaign there would be for this. I assume you, like, go through, build your career up if you're a wrestler, like, increase your stats, stuff like that, but it's got a pretty robust amount of, of like, multiplayer options. Like, we we sat and played for probably about, like, yeah, like, two hours, and we didn't even play the same mode more than once, I don't think. Um, yeah, I mean, the mechanically, I didn't think it was probably the most interesting game like the controls are pretty basic you know it's kind of your regular heavy and light attacks there's a grapple button there's and then there's kind of like the the special ones like climbing up the side of the ring and stuff like that but as far as like a basic wrestling game where people can kind of jump in i assume it's a lot easier to jump into this than something like the the more realistic wrestling titles i have not played one of those in like years and years but this is this is almost like a party a pared down like party kind of fun version of what those games would be
1: Yeah, I I think that's, like, a good way to describe it. And also, like, it ran better. I don't know how much all of the wrestling games are janky as hell, but they definitely have that reputation of, like, both the fighters just start levitating for no reason and, like, exit the ring up through the ceiling and, like, you know, like, people are, like, disappearing into the walls and it's just an absolute mess. But this game, like, ran quite decently. So on one hand, that's like, oh, you know, like, maybe it would have been more fun if some stupider stuff happen but at the same time it's like you know what that's that's probably should be a positive thing about the game um so there's that to say as well and yeah i agree i don't think there's like tons of depth in terms of something that i would really want to get into and i think it's the kind of game where like unless you're a wrestling fan you're not really gonna go through and get invested in the game but it is definitely a lot of fun if you've got a friend and and a drink and you want to just sit and have a night so that's that's i think the appeal for most people with this type of game and i don't think it's necessarily trying to be anything other than that
0: yeah, I think they know what they have with it, right? There's a reason it came onto PS plus. I think I think that um there I remember the reception of this game. I don't remember where we first saw it, but there was it was one of the one of the events. I don't know if it was a state of play or something, but I remember the reaction being like, Whoa, what is this art style? You know, it's got that strange oh kind God. of they're almost like action it's, figures, but disproportionate and and just really strange. It's really strange.
1: weird. Like I know it's supposed to be kind of like not like a chibi, but like kind of like a a specific art style. And they're just going for like kind of a cartoony kind of thing. But it just genuinely looks like everybody's like the way they proportion the characters. And like, I don't think they intended for that. And it's kind of weird.
0: Yeah, I I think it's just one of those things. They just were like, hey, how can we make this, you know, easy, like create a few different archetypes of the different characters? Like there's the heavy ones, like you said, and the flying ones, and then the the brawlers or whatever else they had and just kind of skin them all the same overall way and, and make it, uh, you know, simpler to pick up and play each of the different character types, stuff like that. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, I think you summed it up really well. If you're a wrestling fan, I'm sure you'll have a little bit of a, you know, longer experience than we would have had, but, um, sitting down for an evening, I had a good time. I would be down to jump into it again once or twice more just to, to, uh, you know, mess around, have some fun. And, my,
1: uh, yeah. yeah, my main complaint. And I think the one thing that we found disappointing was the online.
0: Because Mm -hmm, I think that's mm -hmm.
1: where I would want to go with this game. Like, yeah, it's fun to sit around with a friend, but what's more fun is to sit around with a friend and do, like, a tag team and so, like, fight some people online. But the problem is is that you can only play online with people that you directly invite from your friends list. So, like, you can't just queue up for a match, but at the same time, like, do you know two other people that are playing WWE Battlegrounds? (laughs) Well, maybe that's why I was on PS Plus, I
0: guess. But I mean, yeah, you're you're right. Because when we sat down, like one of the things we wanted to do after we played a few matches was like team up. Like we wanted to tag team you and I versus two other people, and then we quickly found out, like unless we missed something in the menu, but I don't think so is that there's not really an, an option for like us to team up against two other people online. Like we had to play AIs only or just fight each other, each, each with an AI on our team, which was nowhere near as fun as it would have been to to go online with our two created characters and run into two other people with their ridiculous characters and just like have a good laugh about it. I think that would have maybe elevated this game up to something beyond like what we got out of it if we were able to be on a team. But, uh, you know, small complaint, I guess, overall, but definitely something that would have been nice. Nice to see. Um, mm-hmm. yeah I don't know I, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about this honestly it's just kind of it's kind of there you know it's kind of just one yeah, of those
1: exactly it's like it was fun it's exactly what you'd expect like yeah I don't really know we can't necessarily recommend or not recommend the game it's just it is exactly as advertised
0: um let's go let's go to the second game we've been playing then, Kate, which I think we have a lot more to talk about for this one. This, of course, mm-hmm. is Plague Tale and Innocence from a Sobo Studio. And um I you know, I think we're both about the same length into this game. We're we're about five chapters in or so. You're a little bit further than me. And mm-hmm. I we were talking about it just briefly before we started recording and just some initial kind of thoughts. And I think that we we both kind of agree that we've both had a kind of an up and down experience with it in terms of like really liking some things, not liking other things, or at least that's what I've got out of it. Like I've, I went through these phases of first when I, when I booted the game, I was thinking like, you know, oh, I don't, I don't know about this, you know, and then I, and I got really into it at certain points and then, and I've kind of waned and, and came, came back and forth on my opinions. So um, I wish that I had had more time to go through more of it or even finish it before coming to talk about it on the show today. But from what I've played so far, I have a curiosity about the overall story of what's going on in the world. Like, it's very interesting with the rats and like, where are they coming from? They're like a plague, obviously, and 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 they're coming out of the ground. And like, what's going on with those? And you know, what's wrong? The brother has some kind of medical condition, and he seems to be like, I don't know if he's cursed or or something, but he's related to this plague. And I find that the, the world and the way that it's all set up and the the trappings of like the environment very interesting. But I find at the same time, like personally, like I'm interested to see what you think about this, that as interesting as the world is and like the story, I find that the the actual interactions and dialogue between the characters, I, I find that I don't feel the chemistry between them. And so it's this dichotomy of like, the characters maybe aren't the greatest, but the story is compelling me. So I'm, I'm kind of torn and I go back and forth on on what I feel about that kind of narrative overall
1: similar sentiment i think this game is a 10 out of 10 on paper the concept is fantastic i really like you said i'm very curious about the story like it starts off with an absolute bang like Mm -hmm, shit hits mm -hmm. the fan immediately and you are on the run through this this horrible hellscape of like ravaged land through war and this plague uh, that's now come and it's really cool because this is a setting that I've never seen in a game before. And they've done it really well. Like it's dark, it's emotional. Um the first time you see the rats, it's genuinely terrifying. Like they're yeah, unsettling. It is. So it is. um I think they've they've done a really they were really smart in how they wrote the game. But I agree I- I think it fails a lot in execution, and it's a shame. Like, I I feel like I'm kind of playing through it despite the gameplay so that I can get to see more of, of how the story is going to unfold. And I, it's interesting you say the, the interaction between the characters because I think that that that's a good example of how i feel about it on paper i love their relationship so you're the daughter of i don't know if he's a baron or like what kind of status he exactly has but he's a he's a relatively influential noble and you're the daughter and you know the, the chaos and shit that happens at the start basically puts you on the run and you're with your younger brother hugo and hugo is sickly um, and he's kind of spent all of his life.
0: He's like locked away. Like, he's he's basically like secluded from the rest of the world because of his illness. And his mom's been trying to figure out a way to heal him. And, and it's just like he's never really left that room. I don't get the impression for most of his life that he's been locked away in.
1: Yeah, exactly. And with that, the the mother's been basically like with him night and day taking care of him. And so... From the sister's perspective, she feels very neglected by her family that basically spent all of their time and attention with Hugo, and she's also never really had a chance to interact with him or get to know her brother, so all of a sudden she's thrust into this position where she's now responsible for him and has to save him and is also going through a horrible emotional experience herself um, with the loss of her family and her home, so it's a really neat relationship I think that has a lot of potential because you know on the one hand she's starting to build a relationship with him and she's got to keep him safe and take care of him but at the same time she's harboring this kind of like you know it's it's unfair it's not his fault but she's harboring this resentment towards him because he is unintentionally the cause of a lot of the personal issues she's had so it's a great idea and there's times where like you really see like the innocence of hugo as a child like he sees frogs for the first time and he's like amazed by that and he like kind of wants to explore and run off and he doesn't really understand the seriousness of the situation um and so you have that contrasted with her like trying to be pragmatic and make sure that they don't die and so i literally making
0: life and death situations at like yeah. every juncture of their journey, right? And she's, yeah, she's she's like thrust into this caretaker role when mm-hmm. she, I, I don't even think she knows her brother that well at all.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like he's almost a stranger to her at the start of the game. So I think it's amazing. And there, there's definitely moments where the dialogue really highlights that relationship and it hits really well. Um, but the game does this thing where it is constantly having the two talk to each other. So for every time it it hits fantastically and really like develops their relationship organically as you're playing there's also a lot of dialogue that just kind of feels like it was thrown in and didn't really like hit the spot that well and so I think that it's like a perfect example like on paper it's fantastic and they really have a good idea of what they want to do with it but they just didn't tailor it exactly to make it consistent and so sometimes it's just sort of strange what the two say to each other it's not really appropriate based off of what you're doing or one character will be in the middle of saying something but you get close enough to something that triggers another line of dialogue and it just sort of interrupts the first line and the next dialogue line starts playing on top of it so it's like so close to being great but then it just sort of folds in on itself and I feel like that's been my experience playing the game at large is that i keep having these moments where I'm like wow like that was so cool like that was so clever like oh my god like that was horrific i'm so like emotional towards what's just happened but then it's like oh well that was also you know like something that immediately happens after like well that was kind of stupid and didn't really make sense and like Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. it's
1: just this constant back and forth of being like really invested and then like really just taken out of it and I really want to love this game, but it, it doesn't make it easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you summed it up just perfectly. Like, I feel like a lot of the interpersonal moments, I can see exactly what they're going for, right? Like there's that moment when Hugo runs off where they're in kind of an orchard and he he runs down mm-hmm. the side of some bushes and there's this moment where he runs off and he's clearly just being a kid and and they just escaped a tent scene. They were getting chased by some dudes or something. And so he has that relief and he goes and runs off. And of course, um your character she's she's like oh my god hugo come back like and she's she's got this exasperated worry and and then he comes back and it ends up being like oh he was just playing a joke but the way that it works i just i just feel like they didn't have the chemistry or i i feel like she's doing a good job of playing the word character but then he comes back and just the way that they interact i feel like there's so many examples of like games like ghost of tsushima where they the characters just feel like they have that presence where they go together and they have that that um you, you can buy that they actually have this m- emotional attachment. Whereas I'm feeling this game, a lot of the time the dialogue just comes across as like, I can see you're trying to make it, make this brother come across as innocent, but he just comes across as kind of whiny. And then in return, the sister comes back and she just seems like she's being like overly like bitchy towards him or something, you know? And like, I, I don't think that there's been quite the time spent with these characters to develop that relationship. And they're kind of going through these moments that, that would hit, in terms of like their emotional connection and their developing relationship but it's like the timing just doesn't feel right or the performance just doesn't feel right or something about it's just not to the same standard as some other examples we've had in other games and for that reason like that's what i was saying at the beginning like i feel like the writing really contrasts with the overall story which is very compelling like the settings really interesting we haven't talked yet about kind of the mechanics of the game and how there's basically two different kind of things going on you're either um, the rats, of course, is the big example that everyone knows. And these are the the swarming plague rats, and they they avoid fire, so you're trying to stay in the light. And the, so that's kind of 50% of what you're doing. And the other 50% is your I guess the, the Inquisition has come to France. I think it's in France, right? And mm-hmm. um they the English Inquisition has come in and they're they're looking for Hugo for from what we've seen so far in the story. And so you're kind of stealthing around behind these knights and figuring out how to take them out and distract them by by hitting different things and making noises, throwing pots, you know, uh, classic kind of stealth stuff, sneaking through tall grass to get behind guys. And uh, the gameplay to me, like, it's really just serviceable stealth. It's stuff we've done before in a lot of other games. I think they pull it off um, adequately. Like, it's, it's not good. It's, it's not outstanding. It's not bad by any means. Like, there's not... Um, it works just fine. Like you can clearly see what you're supposed to do in each situation and how you're going to, okay, if I, you know, throw a rock at this piece of metal over here, it'll make a noise. So that guy will walk there. Then this guy's patrolling left and right on this path. So I just need to wait for my timing and then go on to the next area. And so you can kind of envision like what you need to execute and then, and then kind of go through it. Um, and it's, it's really like a lot like a puzzle game in that way i find or like each section is kind of like its own puzzle to work out and so i've really been enjoying unpacking some of those um even if the mechanics are are relatively simple for what you're doing
1: what's funny is i i feel like i'm a little bit more forgiving on the characters than you like I, i'm buying their relationship a little bit more um and that is my my bigger draw i, I think it's not perfect but like you know, some of the extremities of their characters with Hugo running off. It's like, well, you know, like he's been a very secluded, weird lifestyle, and I sort of I'm buying into it decently enough. Um, but I think I'm maybe a little more sour on the the gameplay. I think it's serviceable. I don't think it's objectively bad. But I think I I'm liking the rat sections, which mm-hmm, are more mm-hmm. just like puzzles, and it's basically like the rats are scared of fire. So you need to figure out how to navigate a path while always being within the light. So sometimes that's places you can carry fire with you, sometimes that's lighting fire from a distance as you go, sometimes there's various environmental things. So it's basically kind of like figuring out the, so far, the one solution to whatever puzzle that you're you're shown. And I like that part. Um, the actual guard stealth I'm not super keen on. I find it just a little bit tedious. It might be that I'm just not a huge stealth fan in general, but I find that I end up just taking out the guards more than stealthing because you have a sling and you can, um, throw rocks in it and if a guard doesn't have a helmet you can basically just shoot him in the face and kill him. And I don't like doing that because to me it doesn't seem genuine to what the character would do. So I kind of feel, I feel guilty and also like it kind of takes me out of it a little bit to do that. But I find if I get caught during stealth, I don't want to have to do it again because, you know, it's it's kind of time consuming, especially if you have to wait for a patrol to go by and then sneak past and then you get caught a little bit later and then you restart. You got to wait and sneak by again. And it just sort of the
0: same dialogue again. Oh, man, yeah I've had that and a few it's, times.
1: it's just not really maybe my cup of tea and it's very bare bones and basic and i think it's serviceable because i think the main thing is the story so i don't expect the mechanics or the gameplay to be like standouts because it's very clear that the story and the writing is the main focus of the game and that's fine but the gameplay should at least not like drag it down and it doesn't always but like Some of the stealth section had the guards are the dumbest guards I've ever seen in a video game. Like, they don't notice anything. They're so stupid. You can literally walk up, like, right behind them sometimes and they don't notice. Or, like, their cones of vision are sort of, not inconsistent, but, like, they're very specific to where they're looking. And I just feel like sometimes I get seen when I don't expect it and sometimes I, like, Walk right past someone. I have no idea how they didn't catch me. Like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. you are just like invisible half the time, and so those just sort of—I don't love them. I feel like I'm kind of getting through them to progress in the game, but I think the game doesn't seem like it's that long, and they go by relative—they're relatively quickly, and you're never having to like go through long periods of time without a checkpoint. So it's not a huge detriment. It's just. I, I wish I could maybe like progress a little bit quicker through the story, or or just have more sections of the the stuff I real I am enjoying more.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I th- I think the caveat will be like. It just depends on how complicated the puzzles get as we go forward and what kind of like I'm, I'm interested to see. And one thing, unfortunately, like I know both of us haven't gotten to yet, unless the last little bit of the fifth chapter that like you've seen it is I'm anticipating there's going to be sections where there's the rats and the the guards at the same time more often. And yeah. that'll maybe add to some complexity because right now it's been very minimal, like when they're both been around at the same time. And one of the <laughs> one of the things I've enjoyed the most is like. It's a bit morbid, but there's you can if there's a guard kind of going through the rats and he's got a lantern to keep himself lit up. Uh so the rats don't come for him. You can actually use your slingshot to hit the lantern, thus getting rid of the light around the guard and then the rats just swarm him and kill him uh because he's no longer safe. And I find like that's pretty interesting and and I can see there would be ways to maybe play around with that, especially because the guards also are like moving light sources. And so I would imagine there's some complexity that might come later, but it just, it's unfortunate we haven't been able to see that yet. And and like you said, every puzzle really does seem to have the one prescribed way to kind of finish it or like the one kind of solution. And not that that's bad because, I mean, it doesn't, it's not necessarily that you have to be able to solve it in multiple different ways. I just hope that maybe there's a bit more complexity in like what you've got to do later on. Um, because right now, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's been a very challenging game it's been, there's been some challenging parts and a few times I've had to go through, you know, a few times of the same section. Um, But overall, I mean, I, f- I feel like it's, I walk into the room and I can see exactly like, okay, I've got to just light this lantern, you know, grab this torch, light it up, walk over here, kind of rinse and repeat until you're onto the next area. And so maybe that's a good thing though, really. Like you said, like this, for better or worse, the story is the standout portion of this game. So um being able to get through it quick enough and see what's going on next, like despite the problems, I think we both had, um, we're both interested i think in what's going on here like i know for me i'm i'm gonna try and finish this game for sure um a lot of the ps plus stuff i think i fall off of it after we after we played enough to kind of bring it up on the show but this one i think the world has me interested enough at least to see it through especially since it's not the longest game in the world
1: yeah i agree and, and shout out to um our friends over at loud thumbs they've been playing as well and i've been keeping in touch with nick there Uh, I think they'll be talking about on their next show as well, but he beat it and he said he clocked in at nine hours. So that gives me confidence. I think if the game was a bit longer, I may potentially fall off. But for that length, I definitely want to see it through because I'm interested in the characters and the story. And I think the things that it does well, it does really well. And we've mentioned the rats, but I just want to, like, emphasize how well they're done. I think... um, they're genuinely terrifying like there are these massive swarms and there are like hundreds if not thousands of them on screen at any time when they're there and the control way that the controller vibrates when the rats are around um and i don't know if this is just the ps5 update but it, it feels it's so cool like it does a little like tap 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 like as, as if it's each little footstep all over the controller and as you get closer to them the tapping intensifies and if you go far enough away from them it stops and it is so like oh it really just gives you the willies and like the rats they're because there's so many of them they're kind of like almost like glitching in and out of each other and just like an absolute swarm and like it does look a little bit weird but Whether or not it's intentional, it does so much just make it seem like they're absolutely endless. Like you can't distinguish one rat from another rat. It's just like an infinite number of them. And it is genuinely like if you have a fear of rats, you probably don't want to play this game. Like they are unpleasant and unsettling and it really sets the mood. So that's why I just I feel like it's such a shame that they have those moments with the rats and you know they got another moment where you come across a battlefield and there's like hundreds of corpses and it's it's done in such a dramatic way that it's like oh shit like you
0: it's know really they're witnessing
1: gruesome. some some really gruesome and horrible things and it's like such a grounded and it's not shying away from these things but then you get like so you see that and then two minutes later you've got like the dumbest fucking guard in the world that's like standing there and like picking his nose while you sneak by him and i just i wish that you know maybe some of the other things would have complemented the tone and how serious the game is and it just it's so close i think to being something really special and it just falls short i think i'm gonna play it and be like well, that was really interesting, but I don't think it's going to stick with me. And I feel like if the mechanics and just, they'd really tightened up some of the other aspects of the game, I feel like it would have been something that I would have, you know, been thinking about for a long time after I finished playing. And while I'm still excited to finish, and I think I will, I just, it, it's it feels like, it's just unfortunate is how I feel playing this game. Like, I feel almost just a little bit sad, like, it's so close to being really special
0: yeah i I, th- I agree with you, I think like we both I think have the same overall feeling on the game. It just we like you said maybe have a different couple different reasons why we feel that way um <laughs> I, I i I agree like the shout out with the rats the the rats are definitely the outstanding part of this game, and they're very unique. I don't think there's ever been something quite like that in a in a game before, so whenever you see a really unique kind of um, I don't know if it's a mechanic, but it's like a unique aspect of a game like this. I think it deserves the praise. And the other thing I, I just want to praise this game for before we kind of wrap it up is I think it, it it's pretty beautiful in terms of the environments. Like the characters are, you know, pretty standard looking and, and whatnot. But the the outdoor environments specifically, I think, are actually quite beautiful. Um, specifically, the lighting, like the way sometimes the light mm-hmm. kind of comes through the trees. And and even fire in this game, I, the fire is like a big mechanical aspect. Like you, like we've t- talked about, you need it to avoid the rats. But I think the developers really knew that. Hey, you know, the the fire is going to be very important. So they did a good job of the the fire looks great and like it, it adds to the whole lighting aspect. And I I, I think that overall, it's uh, those are definitely some standouts graphically as well. I don't know if it's ray tracing on the on the PS5. I'm assuming it does have some ray tracing going on. So. Uh yeah, it looks good. It looks good. I um yeah, I, I think this game is, like you said, close to being um I mean masterpiece is a strong word, but it's it's close to being a lot better than I think our impressions of it um are. If they mm-hmm. ever did like a sequel to it or, or you know an adjacent game coming from a sobo studio that's kind of like taking what this game was but but skinning it into something else, I would definitely be down to try it out again because they've got something really close here, for sure. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think um, I think that's going to do the games we've been playing today, unless you had any final thoughts.
1: I think we'll follow up on this one. I think if both of us finish it or if even at least one of us finish it, like I I have a curiosity and I, I think this won't be the last you hear of it. And so, you know, we'll see if we'll see if our opinions change for the better or, the, or worse. But um, I, I think I'm going to try to finish it for next episode and see how that goes.
0: Me too. Let's do it. We'll, we'll follow up next episode, but for now we will take a short break and be back in just a few seconds for the news. So please don't go anywhere. Right, everyone. Welcome back to the second part of today's show, which is, of course, the news segment, as it always is. Um, and our first story today is we got some new details about the Ghost of Tsushima director's cut coming out later this year. Um, namely, first of all, the biggest detail of all, there are more animals to pet now in Ghost of Tsushima on Iki Island, at least, which includes, I think, cat, what, cats, deer, maybe even monkeys, this article says from uh, Push Square. So maybe even monkeys, I guess, makes you assume that it will be monkeys. Um, <laughs> Let's i mean see. you
1: can't say maybe even monkeys and then not <laughs> and then have not a monkey them,
0: right?
1: yeah th- <laughs> that's horrible
0: i know <laughs> like, but, oh uh... sorry
1: it was actually a squirrel my are bad like no
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny i didn't the maybe is not even in the article that was me saying maybe oh. so you definitely can pet monkeys either way there's more animals to pet on uh, the the expansion of tsushima and also new details about the story as well i'm going to be going through and uh there's a new faction led by someone known as the eagle who is i guess the leader of this this new group and um big part of the side story going on here with Jin, of course he's returning for for the expansion here so just just uh, good to see some more details i guess i think i'm i'm personally looking very much forward to this this dlc i don't typically buy a lot of dlc i've come to notice like even spider-man 2018 didn't really buy the dlc for that um you know but but this one, I think, has definitely got me, especially because of uh, just how much I loved Tsushima. I, I feel like I'm compelled to, to definitely check this out. I think they said it's going to be about 15 or 20 hours of extra content, depending if you go through all the, the little missions and objectives and stuff. So I think this looks great. And um, the more animals, the better.
1: Absolutely. we uh, We have a... A saying here in our, our legends group with us in the loud thumbs guys that if you don't pet the animal you don't pet the bear you don't pet the wolf you're off the team and so you get in that lineup between waves of enemies
0: better <laughs> be you pet all
1: them. the animals you better be petting so um yeah i think i think this is this looks really good um my hope for this and obviously i am a little bit further behind for playing ghost of Tsushima. it's something i really need to uh get back and play because i've been really enjoying it and just you know haven't made the time so this has kind of given me new motivation to finish the base game so i can get around to this dlc but i'm hoping that um they read they mentioned that some of the characters in on Ika are shamans and so i'm hoping because obviously ghost of shima is very grounded and legends is adds a lot more of the supernatural elements to it so what I think would be cool is maybe to not necessarily go as far as legends, but kind of blend that a little bit where they bring in maybe some new enemy types or a little bit of the a little bit of mysticism or just some, some kind of ambiguous magical elements I think could be really cool, especially for it being a DLC. Um, so that they haven't said that's gonna be the case, but that's kind of my cross my fingers hope for where this game goes because some of the enemies that you you fight like the oni in legends are so cool and while i really am enjoying ghost of shima the base game there's not a lot of variety in terms of enemies and it makes sense because you're just fighting mongol forces like i don't think that's a flaw of the game it totally makes sense but just i think for a dlc you want to kind of add in a few more exciting touches and i think that that would fulfill that requirement for me
0: yeah, I I echo that completely. Like especially playing legends, a lot of the um, the enemy types have that little bit of of uh, you know demonic energy to them, and especially like even your characters that you play as, you have some abilities that are a little bit more like you know even the basic samurai kind of does this quick dash like you'd see in an anime or something and goes quickly between three three characters, and that's something that Jin doesn't do because he's just a dude. You know he's he doesn't have any powers per se, but but seeing a little bit of that get interested i know or get introduced sorry um would be really cool and i know they they have confirmed there's new techniques and weapons and and stuff in the game as well so hopefully something a bit more akin to that would be uh included in this for sure because some of those techniques and legends for sure like th- those are visually stunning you know they're really fun to pull off and so uh having those included in the single player as well, I think, would only improve the game if they can find a way to make it work narratively. Because of course it is more definitely more grounded on the in the base game than than legends, like you said. But um either way, I couldn't be more excited for this for this DLC, I don't think. It's gonna be definitely one that I pick up with the upgrade. Um, but let's move along to our second story, Kate, which is of course the intru- the uh it's not a PlayStation story, but it's definitely some big gaming news we'd like to cover. Um, in fact, both of these last stories we have here are, are both under that category. So the first one is, Valve is releasing a handheld gaming computer known as the Steam Deck. I'm sure everyone's heard about it by now. It's not like it's uh, brand new breaking news, but we we definitely should give our opinions on this. Um, where Switch, the Switch Pro never did get released, uh, at least not yet. So instead, we have the, the Steam Deck coming out. Uh, this thing is, is also dockable into a desktop computer. It's going to apparently run... Um, every Steam game. I don't know if it does that quite at launch. There was some some stuff surrounding that about about how they're going to work exactly. But overall, having a portable computer that plays all your Steam games. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Kate? Is this something that excites you, or uh, are you gonna uh, let it give it a pass?
1: This is awesome. I have talked about this with people for years. Like, when is Steam gonna release something like this? And especially once the Switch came out, like, oh damn, is it an amazing idea to be like. Playing your game at home and then you pick it up and take it with you wherever you wherever you're off to for the day. So I love it. I think it's a 10 out of 10 console, uh, but plot twist, I'm not gonna buy one <laughs> at least not anytime soon. Um, based off of how much I've used my switch recently, I have not been doing very much handheld gaming, and so I just don't see it being a worthwhile purchase for me with my current schedule and just how things have gone for me recently um i can see myself picking one up in the future if i have more of a need for handheld gaming but like i have a really expensive computer that i play everything on right now and i just so it doesn't fulfill that like missing out on steam library for me and i'm not really handheld gaming so there's just there's no need for it but i am 100% on board i love that this exists
0: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I I don't think this is necessarily for me either. Um, I might have actually been more interested if I hadn't just bought the uh, Series X that I mentioned last episode. (laughs) That definitely maybe took my gaming budget for the year away. But I mean, I really like handheld gaming. I like my Switch. I I probably play my Switch handheld more than I do uh, on the TV. Not that I play a whole lot of my Switch recently either. But uh, I mean, something like this is really cool even for people that take advantage of just the Steam sales, you know, like the va- the library you can get on Steam and those games you can get for like ridiculous discounts and then being able to play them all handheld would be a really cool thing. Um, I mean, I, th- I think it's supposed to run the games pretty well also, like considering it's a handheld, obviously it's not going to be as powerful as your desktop or you know a lot of people's kind of setups but the fact that it's going to run these games you know reasonably well i think they there was a demo that ign did that showed it playing control and everything and it looked like relatively stable and and like crisp on the on the screen too like that small screen really helps it look a lot more hd even if it's not as powerful so i think it looks like a good piece of hardware i think i mean the button layout's really weird. I don't know if you want to get into that a little bit. Like those buttons on the top, they seem like they're so high up. Like I can't I couldn't really envision yeah. holding this thing and being comfortable. Apparently they say it's gonna be comfy, but we've heard like that steam controller that came out, they they said the same thing, and people I don't think really like that thing too much. So maybe the jury's out a little bit on like the design of it, but it looks yeah, it just looks a little weird kind of on the the button placement for me. <laughs>
1: It it is very high up, like, that is a good point, I hadn't really, like, paid too, too much attention to, it. it is more of a, like, oh, it's coming out, that's awesome, and I didn't really, like, look at it in that much detail, but as you mention it now, and taking another look, like, yeah, it's, it is strange, it is very, very strange, um, but yeah, overall, I think it's great, <laughs> I think, I think I might need to, to do some hand exercises to pick one up, but, um, yeah, I I think that's a good point you mentioned, too, like, the idea of it like being your access to steam for people who don't necessarily have like much of a pc setup i think that's great like it's a it's a really good like easy entry into being able to pick up like all of the steam sales and like that's kind of where i do the majority of my gaming i love my playstation but like i i do more steam gaming more so than anything else it's just so cost effective like the the library is so massive like a lot of friends who play pc so it's good for co-op and like for me that's a non-factor but yeah if if you don't want to spend tons of money or you're intimidated by the idea of building a pc like this is a really nice like more convenient option
0: well, especially since it's dockable too right like you could easily slide this in mm-hmm. the dock have a monitor on your desk and it would just be like playing your steam games on a pc like a, a, a usual pc as well which is which is really cool um yeah, I, I think this is a great device. I mean, uh, like I said, I'm probably not going to get one, at least not anytime soon. You, ne- you never know about further revisions, right? Like they're always going to be improving this. I assume if it's a success, it's only going to be iterated on and, you know, the slim version mm-hmm. and then the pro version and then all the same stuff we usually get. So I would say like in the future, this has definitely got my interest, but at least on the ground floor of like the first iteration, this comes out like I it's not for me at the start, I don't think. But um, mm-hmm. you know, you never you never know in the future because Steam is cool, like all all the games on there, and also the modding potential. We haven't talked about that yet, but this thing, I mean, yep. this is gonna be like an emulation godsend. Like it, apparently, like Steam themselves have come <laughs> out and said, or Valve has come out and said that it can be like you can reinstall the OS, you can put Windows on it if you want instead of like the Steam operating system they have out of the box. And I can just imagine like there's within a couple days of having it, there's gonna be people that have like PS One, N64, Super Nintendo, PSP, like. All the systems running on this thing alongside steam so it's gonna be like crazy for that um with how open-ended it seems to be which i think oh, is really cool also
1: ab- absolutely nintendo better be nintendo's shaking in their boots right now everyone's been calling we got nes we got SNES, sure but where's that n64 emulator on the on the switch store we've been calling for like it's gonna be on the steam Deck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah one way or another right
1: <laughs> yeah we
0: will see we will see Um, let's move to our last news story for the day though, Kate, which is of course, um, EA Play happened yesterday and we have a bunch of announcements from that. I I guess you have a list open if you want to run through it quick and we'll uh, talk about our opinions.
1: Yeah. So it was a fun presentation. They went over six different games. Um, so maybe I'll list them quickly and then we can go over the ones that stood out a bit to us. Um, so the first they showed off was Codemasters Grid Legends, um, which is a new driving game coming out with some really interesting tech involved. Um, the second one is the new season and new character for Apex Legends, and they're calling this one Emergence, which I know you'll be very excited for. Um, number three, we got Lost in Random, which I think is a game we've seen before at a presentation. It looked familiar, but it's kind of gone off the radar for a bit. So this is kind of a, a, a quirky action slash strategy indie game. Um... Then they showed off some new stuff for Knockout City. Um, Finally, we got to see a little more of Battlefield uh, 2042. And that seemed to be the end of the show. But oh, wait, just one more thing. And what I'm by far the most excited about is we are getting a Dead Space remake. And my notes beside it just say hype with about seven Y's (laughs) in it.
0: yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's it's too bad i think there was some leaks about the dead space thing last week i heard a, f- a few rumblings about that one so uh, un- unfortunately maybe it was a little bit expected but yeah i'm right there with you dead space as much as i love apex and the new character um, does look really cool he's apparently really stealth based and has those little nano robots you can send out and, and is uh, for tracking other opponents as well so his gameplay style looks really cool and i'm excited to check him out for sure but dead space uh, definitely is the show stealer here for sure. I mean, I I don't think it's uh we only got a cinematic trailer from what I can remember. Yeah,
1: a very um, short, very brief, obviously. Well. But
0: Dead Space is a game for sure. Like I have some great memories of playing the original. I, I remember I actually played it with a group of friends, and we were kind of doing the pass the controller back and forth thing, similar to what you've been doing with Resident Evil. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it was just a great game to play through, like that tense atmosphere. But you have the friends on the couch, you know, you're kind of getting through it together. Um, Dead Space is so cool to me, and like. You know, I've always talked a little bit more about being more into the sci-fi, fantasy, space kind of stuff more so than the than the uh, you know elves and knights and orcs and all that stuff. And Dead Space is really cool because it's horror, and and I love the mechanic in Dead Space of the gun, how you have to sever all the enemies' uh, different limbs off by changing the gun from being like vertical to horizontal, and the way that you can use different. Uh, ammos and different guns to cut the enemies up and and limit their movement it, it's just a really cool system it's really tense and i and hopefully this remake uh does justice to the to the original because I, it's a beloved game and, and uh definitely i'll be interested to check this one out for sure
1: yeah i am super excited i'm on the other side of the camp where i haven't actually played the original dead space um i i've gotten a lot more into horror games recently and i like playing them socially. I don't like playing them on my own, so that's why I I had skipped over this game at the time. Um, Coincidentally, I've been talking with someone about playing this because it's a game that neither of us have played, and so we kind of have got it on the list, and we've just been busy playing other things and haven't gotten around to it, Um, but I'm really pleased that we haven't because now we can wait for this this remake, so I'm super excited. Um, It will definitely be a... I don't know if like a day one purchase, but I will definitely be picking it up in the near future, um, whenever it comes out. So
0: <laughs> yeah, whenever that's, that's the key. The key yeah. caveat to that one is whenever it comes out, because whenever I don't think there's out. any type of release schedule for that at this point. So, but it's great to know they're working on it. That's for sure.
1: That's yeah, for sure. exactly. Um, is there anything else that stands stands out? Um, the Lost in Random game is is I feel like it has potential. Um, it's kind of got some action and some like card mechanics and it's sort of set in this weird almost like tim burton kind of setting where you're you're going with this dice cube and i feel like the the trailer actually looked pretty cute and charming but and and maybe this is unfair but the name lost in random kind of puts me off because i feel like (laughs) it has potential to be like a cute charming kind of indie experience but it also is that other like side of the coin where i just i worry that it might just be like too very like internet humor like oh this is so random but you didn't expect like zombies haha they're coming out of nowhere Ooh, yeah. and like, how oh, random. How derp, like lol like how quirky yeah exactly and yeah like, that, that style of humor just doesn't land for me all the time and so you know maybe it's just an unfortunate name and I'm i'm getting the wrong expectation based off of that but i feel like Oh, I don't know. It's sort of teetering on the line of whether or not I feel like I should be interested in this mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I think it looks interesting. I think the, the thing about it for me is it's just, will I have time to play something like this? Because, I mean, it comes out September 10th, with it, which isn't terribly far away, and I'm still playing. I mean, I've got a, a ton of stuff to play now on Game Pass. Um, I still got to get back to Mass Effect 2 and 3, 12 Minutes is coming out, another great indie, Death's Door just got released today, which is like,
1: apparently in the game of the year
0: conversation now, and I just feel like something like this, something like this, I mean, it doesn't look bad, but I I just don't know if I'd get around to playing it. Yeah, Um, this, yeah, this is
1: maybe the game once in two years when the Steam Deck is out. This is the kind of game that goes on Steam sale really cheap, you pick it up and you know, it's totally worth the money. <laughs> right,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the other one I wanted to shout out too, and it's a bit of a surprise for me, is um, I'm actually a little bit more interested in this new Battlefield game than than I anticipated myself being. Um, I got a couple friends that, that are pretty high on this one, and I think they've kind of been, you know, twisting my arm a little bit and getting me a, more hype for it than I would have otherwise been. But it looks genuinely like a lot of fun, especially with those big tornadoes that come through the maps and, and the big player counts on a lot of the at least the next gen versions so um i mean as long as this game ends up running really well and doesn't doesn't seem to have like a really low player count because that's the thing i'm most worried about is with all these free-to-play shooters like there's fortnite apex like you go through down the list all these battle royales and a lot of these games coming out are always um they're either free to play or they're you know the lower price point and they make their money off the microtransactions and stuff whereas this is a full price game coming out and so if they can build up the player base and the, you know, the environmental hazards and all that, um, that insane stuff graphically that's going on, all those particles, all the smoke, if it all runs well and comes together really nicely, I could actually see myself maybe getting into this for the first time. Um, Despite having not played a lot of Battlefield, especially with this this uh, portal that they introduced at A Play, like there's it's basically like a like a forge mode from Halo where you can make your own modes and, and really customize your experience. So I think that that could be a lot of fun and I'm interested. I've got my eye on it, you know, but again, it's going to come down to uh, kind of the impressions, I think, when it comes out. But it's on my radar for sure.
1: Yeah, it, it genuinely looks pretty cool. The portal mode is, is I think, like, a big standout for this. Like, they went over just some, like, various scenarios you can do of, like, really mix and matching different aspects of the game and just kind of creating these, like, really outrageous modes to play online with people. And I think that that's cool, and I think they're definitely going for, like, a really, like, you can have these awesome, cool moments and, like, the spectacle kind of aspect of it. And I think my favorite part of the trailer and the one thing that stood out to me... Um, Because I'm not really a a shooter person, and so Battlefield's not going to be in my wheelhouse. Um, But it had been pointed out to me before, and I did catch it in the trailer. But they have a a clip, so... Forgive me if I get this slightly wrong, but um, from what I had read, there was a clip that went viral... Um, for someone in one of the other older Battlefield games. And he kind of like, he did this really cool play where he like got out of a jumped out of a helicopter and like shot a rocket at another plane or helicopter coming at them. And then as he was falling, like got back in his helicopter. And it was like, just like such a cool like moment that he managed to do perfectly and would be like very difficult. And so in the trailer of this game, they have someone recreating doing that in battlefield 2042 and they also show the guy like on his twitch channel getting like super excited about having pulled it off so i think that is like super cool to recognize like how important you know like twitch streamers are and like the community surrounding the game Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. it's smart for them too because i know i don't haven't really kept up with it but i know battlefield in the past was considered quite like an expensive game to get into and this is even before like the trend of all the like more free to play games, but I remember, I remember an, an, a guy I dated in high school. I remember hanging out at his place, and he was into Battlefield. And we used to sit, and he used to play Battlefield on his Xbox, and I would sit and play Civ on laptop. <laughs> and that's <laughs> what we would do after school, oft very often.
0: God, contrasting um, experiences to say the least. There, <laughs>
1: that's right. Um, and so he would get annoyed sometimes because. After you bought the game, there were so many map packs that would come out and they were not super cheap. And you'd have to pay for each map individually. And you always used to get annoyed, like it was hard, it became really difficult to find matches online because you couldn't match up with people who owned the map packs packs that you didn't. Mm-hmm, so even mm-hmm. if you were playing a base map, if somebody owned the map pack, they were like put in a different queue. And so like it became because he he'd missed out on a pack or two because we were in high school, right? Like you don't necessarily like buy all the DLCs and and whatnot when you're in school, and so he hadn't kept up with it. And then it got to the point where he's like, I just can't really play anymore because everybody owns this DLC that I don't, and now like my game is kind of useless. So that sort of sucked. And I think Battlefield kind of had a bit of a reputation as being like you know a bit more pricey to get into versus like Call of Duty or whatever other contemporary mm-hmm. shooters at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So. I can see that definitely like I don't know if that's still going to be a concern it is a full price title compared to a lot of free to play shooters but I I think like it definitely doesn't look like it's not worth paying for and I think there will be enough people interested that it's going to have an active community like I know the last one did super well so I think you should be fine that way but yeah, maybe not, maybe it won't thrive quite as much as something like, you know, Apex or Fortnite that you can just hop on anytime.
0: Yeah, it'll, it'll come down to like how they support the game after launch, because yeah, at at launch, it'll definitely have a player base. It just depends how long those people stick around or do they decide like, you know what, this isn't it. Warzone's my game, you know, like, but we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. I hope they stick around, though, because that would be nice for uh from me personally. Um, But anyway, Kate, I think that's the news for this week. So let's take another quick break and I'll prepare my brain for your quiz um, and we'll be right back in just a sec, so don't go anywhere. Ah! All right, everybody, welcome back to the third and final segment of today's show, which, of course, like I mentioned at the top, we're bringing back a Circles and Squares favorite segment, which is, of course, a quiz. So uh, with that being said, Kate, I will turn it over to you as the quiz master for today's episode. Uh, Wish me luck, everybody. Hope I get a perfect score here.
1: (laughs) Well, very good luck. Um, The Odds are in your favor. It is tailored uh, specifically for you because if you remember recently this year, we had a really big anniversary and that was for the Persona series. It They turned 25 this year, so in their honor uh, and in the honor of one of your favorite games, I've made you a three-part section Persona quiz.
0: Oh, God, now I'm on the spot. I better do good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well... Don't worry, it's got my fun twist on it. So the first section is going to be some classic school questions. Now, these are not from any of the games. I've made some to emulate what it is like to be a Persona student. This, so let's see if you can genius. raise... <laughs> so let's see if you can raise your knowledge stat. There are three questions here. And without further ado, we'll get started. So the mystical highlands of Scotland and the euphonous blaring of bagpipes have sparked an extraordinary imagination in the Scottish people. But which of the following is their national animal? Mm. Is it A, the Loch Ness Monster, <laughs> B, a unicorn, C, a dragon, or D, a griffin?
0: Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Interesting, okay. Um well I don't think it's the Loch Ness monster. I think that's a little ridiculous. Uh but then we got unicorn, <laughs> griffin and dragon on there. Mm-hmm. Now I think you're saying Scotland, right?
1: Scotland, correct.
0: Now, I don't know if I'm right on this. I think the dragon is a the Welsh it's on like the Welsh flag or something, right? The, there's a dragon So would that be the same? I will
1: neither confirm nor deny Mm. that for you.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I remember. I remember our grandfather used to have a a flag with a dragon on the back of the car there. So Mm -hmm. I've never seen it It before, but that's probably not even relevant to this. (laughs) You know what? My gut is saying dragon. It ain't going to be unicorn. And I think the griffin's just a little bit out there. So so let's lock in the dragon as my pick for this.
1: Final answer? Mm -hmm. Well, unfortunately, your knowledge stat has has, uh, stayed consistent. It was the unicorn. That is the National Animal Scotland. (laughs) I have no idea what the context is behind that, but it is amazing.
0: That's really cool. (laughs) Wow. I would never have thought that. Shout
1: out to Scotland. Yes. Um, Okay. Well, that's fine. There's more questions to go. Uh, It's the next day at school, you know, because you get one a day. So just pretend it's tomorrow. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Um, Okay. So... Though not as prevalent as they were a few years ago, North American cool kids culture has seen the trend of hipsters described as those who are effortlessly stylish and trendy. Although you probably haven't heard of them. Uh, but the term <laughs> hipster <laughs> the term hipster has actually been around for over 80 years. What scene was it originally accredited to? Uh, is it someone involved in smuggling alcohol during prohibition? an agent of the new airmail service someone associated with the jazz club scene or an actor in a new all-color tv show
0: oh boy the origin of the <laughs> word hipster this is actually interesting
1: hipster, i yeah. love learning
0: the new entomology it's etymology this right was, uh, etymology of uh, words yeah.
1: This was mm. one of my favorite things about Persona, like, you're just doing these, like, day-to-day in the school things. You always get, like, weird history questions, and it's it's just lovely. So. Yeah,
0: it was. I actually learned but a lot from Persona. they're not easy. Yeah, I, I don't know if I really, really remember do. a lot, but there's a lot of questions about, like, these, yeah, these weird trivia facts. And a lot of it's about, like, Japanese culture or, like, philosophy even. Like, it's very yeah, interesting. Yeah, and there
1: was just some, like, like, you know, world history stuff as well. So mm-hmm. there was, like, a really, really mixed bag in those games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, getting back to this question, I you know what? I'm just going to go with my gut feeling because I have literally no idea what the (laughs) answer to this is. So I'm going to go with actually the uh, smuggler during prohibition, because I feel like if you were calling someone a hipster, maybe they have like some kind of flask on their hip, like like mounted to their belt line, (laughs) which could be carrying alcohol. So I'm going to go with that.
1: I love it. Your justification was way better than the answer i came up with for almost no reason uh, but unfortunately i did come up with that for almost no reason uh, and the real one is the jazz scene
0: mm, okay called okay. someone a,
1: a hipster when they're in the jazz club so uh,
0: which actually sounds sense, but, like
1: know. the most like similar to what a, like a contemporary hipster would be so uh, maybe that <laughs> threw you off a little bit Yeah, <laughs> maybe so
0: i don't know that probably makes more sense in hindsight like the fashion and like jazz is quite you know, I would, I would say jazz, jazz is a fashionable thing to be into. So maybe that makes sense.
1: Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, it's Friday, like it is in real life when we are recording. So this means it's the final day of school. Um, and, or actually, I guess they go to Saturday. Well, we're in Canada. So Friday yeah, is it's fine. It's
0: fine. It's Friday. And
1: I've got one, one last school question for you. So it's your last chance to get a little bit smarter. Uh, the English language is known for being as exciting as it is inconsistent. We have alluring, eloquent words such as effervescent, gossamer, and moist. But which letter is the most frequently occurring in the English language? And bonus points if you can guess the rough percentage of words that contain this letter.
0: Oh boy! Is it
1: Q, A, T, or E?
0: Q, final answer. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> cool. um, You know what? Okay, I do have an answer to this. I think, I think it's gotta be E. And I think that that uh it's just very versatile. I don't know if this is a red heron or not, but I just feel like E, like there's so many words that have E on the end, as we know, to, to make those like vowel sounds. God, it sounds like I'm a teacher or something right now. Um <laughs> But I, I think that's gotta be it. Um what percentage of words though, man? Mmm. I'll say, I'll say it's going to be like like 30% of words. Let's go with that. Okay.
1: Interesting. So assuming that the weird bullshit fact website I got this from is correct, you are correct. Uncorrect uh, also contains an E. So fun fact on that. Um,
0: yeah, very fun. Yeah, <laughs> e very fun. It
1: is the most common. Um, but they had it stated at 11%. Um, but my favorite part of this question is that poor Q comes in last at 0.2%. We hate the letter Q. <laughs> And, you know, I,
0: I might have put X below Q, I, you know, maybe not like excellent, extreme, extra, you know, there's,
1: yeah, it comes up a little more often. I just um, listed three
0: words. I mean, obviously it's common Q. You got like what queen?
1: Well, Q is Q is <laughs> the best word Q for Q. Chew, it has chew, like yeah, yeah. four other yeah. vowels in it for no reason. And yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> it's a great word. Um, okay, well, can sort of congratulations on that one. Um, we'll move on to section two, which is actually my favorite part of this quiz. And it's it's just an absolute bullshit fest. Um, I don't. I I wrote this for many episodes ago when we were just starting out. We never. I never got around to quizzing you on it, and so it's evolved into just being a section. And I don't know what was going on. I think it was while I was playing Persona Five. And there's just a few really like edgy, like oh, I'm a badass dialogue lines that come up in that game. You know, there's a lot of like, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. adults are all like horrible and they don't treat people well and like everything's so corrupt and like it's it's a great story but it does get a little bit like you know I'm 12 and I'm a badass um <laughs> so there there's that um so there's also <laughs> so there's there's some of these lines that I'm going to read to you are quotes from Persona 5 taken directly okay. from okay. my experience playing the game some of these quotes are taken from there's a subreddit called like very badass and it's basically just people post like funny instances of things they've seen people write on the internet as like trying to look really tough and cool, but it's like very clearly not cool.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> so I gotta so, discern the difference.
1: Yes, yeah, so you've got to discern is this a real persona quote, or is this just some funny, cringy quote I found on the internet?
0: <laughs> Let's do it. I got this and one. I got this, I gotta redeem you've got this. To
1: decide. Exactly. So, first quote is drop the attitude you mediocre peasant.
0: Oh boy, I could see a catchy <laughs> saying that, honestly. That's a that's a crazy thing to call someone. Not only are you a peasant, you're only mediocre as right? a peasant. Yeah, you're not even like a not good even,
1: peasant. Exactly. You're But you're also not the worst peasant. You're at least somewhere in the middle, but
0: <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm going to say this is from that subreddit because I don't think that would be in persona i don't remember that so i'm gonna go with the reddit
1: okay well you're incorrect kamoshida says this uh in his castle (laughs) because of course it's it's night themed um (laughs) (laughs) okay uh question two come at me you pieces of shit i ain't letting you sleep tonight
0: (laughs) oh boy you know what i'm gonna go with subreddit again i i don't think the the uh, i'm not going to let you sleep tonight is in persona i'm going to say the same thing
1: final answer yeah yeah all right well that's our friend kamashita again he was a gold oh mine God. of quotes and really inspired <laughs> Me to write down these lines.
0: My God, man. It's it's almost like the game the game is so long I forgot all of Kamoshita's voice lines by the time I get to the end yeah.
1: of it. Yeah, well he's Damn. he's pretty early, but genuinely like Kamoshida could have said any of these lines. He is an absolute uh, He's
0: a total asshole. He's
1: an absolute trash fire. So um question three. Is this him again or is this the internet?
0: I swear if it's uh, Kamishita again, I'm gonna be like, what the hell is this integrity <laughs> of this quiz?
1: Well, we'll find out. Um one day I'm just gonna say fuck it all and let my demons out to play. (laughs) This is this is my actual favorite quote from the That might be the
0: most Edgelord thing I've ever heard (laughs) be said This is
1: so Edgelord. You know what's funny is I'm gonna have to update this game when that like I'm here to kill chaos like square game comes out. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Final (laughs) Fantasy um I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway, so my gut on this one is saying, again, it's the subreddit. But then, I mean, this is going to be the one when I, if I was to switch, might be wrong. Uh, But again, I just, you know, I just can't place the line somewhere in Persona. So I think I'm going to have to stick to my guns and again, go with Reddit.
1: Well, your um, consistency has paid off. This was some really badass kid on the internet. I
0: hope I never run into him on a forum
1: well he's he's dangerous i think he's probably in jail already
0: listen we always um, advertise our twitter whoever said that don't follow cns bot on twitter <laughs> no. stay away you scare please me
1: don't, please don't find out where i live <laughs> i'm very scared <laughs> of you <laughs> um okay moving on question four this is a short and sweet one i am the weapon you amateur
0: <laughs> Ooh. you know what i'm gonna say this that's from persona cool. i feel I feel like that's going to be, yeah, like a catchy or something in, uh, in Persona. Let's go with that.
1: A hundred percent. I tripped myself up with this one, funny enough, and, and wrote it down as Persona for a second, but it's not. It's, it's, this is the internet.
0: Oh my god.
1: Uh, yes, but it definitely does sound like something totally out of Persona. I, f- I picture like Ryuji saying it when he's like, trying to intimidate mm-hmm, someone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all right, two questions to go, the penultimate. My second favorite at last, everything is in place. My right hand trembles as I release my full power.
0: <laughs> what? God. This, one, this um, one paints a
1: really nice picture.
0: My right hand trembles as I release my full power.
1: hmm Specifically, yes.
0: See, I'm, I'm just trying to think about people in Persona. And I know the pro- the problem is, is you've played all of Persona. So it's not like I can mm-hmm. just focus in on one portion of the game. I have, yes. And I, you know what? I think this is the Reddit. I don't see why someone would you reference- You've
1: Reddit for every single
0: I know, one. I know. I just, I'm just trying to, unless <laughs> I have like of these a- these are real.
1: It has been proven that some of these have no, been real like, Persona I coaches. did Go guess Persona. <laughs> I guessed
0: Persona one time and I was wrong. <laughs> that's true but (laughs) i don't think there's anyone's right hand that's going to be trembling in persona that i can think of uh i'm going going with the reddit screw it i'm not going to be tricked
1: (laughs) well you're playing yourself because this not only was persona it is our first phantom thief quote or sorry not phantom thief this is hifumi she's not a phantom thief but she's she's kind of on the team and so this would be like her playing chess Do I even like Persona 5? Is this even
0: my game that I like? I'm I'm like questioning my existence as a person right now. Like this is, I I shout this game's name from the rooftops as my favorite game of all time at every chance that I get. And I can't get one damn quote right. I'm so embarrassed right now.
1: This is the ultimate like gatekeeping questions. Like, oh, you like Persona 5? Well, do you know whose right hand trembles as they release their phone
0: power? This is just going to be like, you know, I'm going to be talking to someone about games one time and they're going to be like, hey man, I listened to episode 35 of your guys' podcast. I don't believe you. You don't even play this. You didn't even play this game. Game, did you i'm just <laughs> no, gonna have nothing so to say sorry. like how do i come back from this this is irredeemable
1: <laughs> you know what these are just like really like stupid one-off <laughs> lines i found and like just thought they were really funny and I jotted it. them down as i, I, I played it. um well you have, you have one more question to redeem yourself the final question the final line uh is another short and simple one it is out of my way amateurs i'm the king here
0: <laughs> hey now that sounds a lot like our guy Kamashita. And, it certainly does doesn't uh, it, it does it does <laughs> and also the fact that he's using the word amateurs and all that stuff but the problem is now is i'm going to switch to persona and i'm going to be wrong um but i'm going to go for it it's going to be that's from persona let's do it no oh my god it was not <laughs>
1: oh dear this is this has this been has an been absolute rough. failure but you you know what it's such a shit fo- shit show like <laughs> it's a 50 50 like what could you possibly go on for these questions um mm. yeah that was just the internet but that like that to me is like the most kamoshita quote out of this whole well, list despite the even there, the yeah. things kamoshita said um because like you could definitely say that a hundred percent he's just that big of an asshole <laughs>
0: Man, I feel like a big asshole right now. I can't. <laughs> what did I get, like two points? <clears throat>
1: That's okay. Now, we're not counting. Yes, you did get two, but we're not counting. Know,
0: what I was going to say is, uh, is this the worst performance that either of us have ever had on a <laughs> quiz on, on the show? Because we've done, it, like, we've, we've probably done, like, what, six or seven different quizzes now along, you know, throughout the time we've been doing this. So I, I think this is definitely in the running as, like, worst overall points percentage.
1: You know what? To be fair, I did not make this an easy quiz. The first half had nothing to do with actual persona knowledge, and the second half was, like, flip a coin, and you just, you didn't, you weren't lucky today. Well, we've got one more section of the quiz, and you will be pleased to know that you cannot do a poor job of this one, uh, because for your pleasure and, and your curiosity, I have found on crunchyroll they've got a questionnaire you fill out here and it tells you who your inner persona is uh so we're gonna do a throwback to 2010 where you find out all sorts of fun things about yourself like what kind of toast you'd be or what harry (laughs) potter house you're sorted into what flavor of yogurt is the best exactly okay this is um, cool exactly so now i, I, never like it you're I gonna... can't get
0: anything wrong like that that was a pretty exactly. brutal start so this is this I is a mean, good way to finish up
1: you you could end up with that like devil guy that like sits on a toilet i guess as a person <laughs> wouldn't that <laughs> um, be
0: fitting wouldn't that be fitting so
1: <laughs> we'll see um but anyway i'm gonna click lend me your power and i will rapid fire read you some of these questions see who you are so uh first question hey why aren't you at school right now it's because it's a school holiday, I don't feel like going, or I actually finished school.
0: Hmm, well, I did finish school, so let's go with that.
1: Okay, I like it. Um, what's the bigger concern for you? My relationships, my future, or if you're like the guys from the segment, second segment of the quiz, I have no worries.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, wouldn't that be nice though? Um, you know, I'll, I'll go with relationships, I think that's important
1: all right deal um all right oh it's time for dinner what are you cooking is it curry vegetables or lots of protein and i just like to point out only one of those is actually a meal <laughs>
0: uh you know what it's gonna be it's gotta be the curry right curry is like one of the best foods on the planet the japanese curry thai curry Indian absolutely curry, you know, all kinds so good
1: and and it's such a persona classic um Well, you've had your dinner and now you're heading out to a party. Where? Oh, sorry. Why are you going? You're there for the food. You're there to flirt. Or you're there to connect with others and learn about yourself.
0: (laughs) You know what? The curry's got me food on the mind now. I'm going to go for the food.
1: All right. Deal. Wasn't enough portion. Uh, Oh, no. At the party, someone is bullying your friend. How do you confront them? Do you use your charm to convince them to stop? Do you confront them head on in an honorable competition? Or do you in in all caps punch them? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, my friends and I are there to have a good time. If someone's gonna ruin that, I'm gonna punch them right in the face.
1: That's right. You know, it's all not? about personas all about dealing out justice. You it's know? about taking action. Absolutely. So presumably that went well because now you're planning a vacation. But where are you going? Are you going on a luxury cruise, a hitchhiking adventure, or the edgiest answer in the whole quiz, a trip to hell? <laughs> 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 Capitalized, of course. Oh,
0: you know, it, that's that's so weird. I'm, I'm going to go to hell. Why not? You know, I, I could go on a cruise anytime. I'm getting a, a trip to go and actually see what it's like. You know, I'll, I'll test it out. I can, I can always come back. It's only a vacation.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. It's not permanent. It, it is a vacation. Um, well, presumably you do come back from that, or maybe you meet someone there, but This next question wants to know if you want to get married someday. I do, I don't, or continuing with your streak of edginess, that's impossible for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, well, I hope it's not the third one. Uh, Maybe if I get stuck in hell, it's impossible. But let's assume I made it back. And I think one day it will happen.
1: All right, I do. Deal. Um, All right, let's go to a little more lighthearted question. What kind of guys piss you off? Is it the slow walkers? loud talkers or just nobody
0: i love the wording of the question like what kind of guys piss you off like it's why not why not say people it's kind of weird uh right it's be the slow walkers though man like those are just the worst people we can all agree on that
1: yeah so you know universal um all right next question i think this is actually the final question how do you study for tests do you a i don't really care about studying uh too cool too cool for school do you work or do you work really hard to get your grades or i don't study but do well anyways
0: uh well as is evidenced by my score in the in the quiz i i think i don't study but i do well anyway right i got like two two points in the quiz before that's i think that's pretty good so i'll go and with. Hey, the last
1: maybe, maybe that's good enough um not just good, oh, good enough <laughs> That's right. Uh my mistake, there is one more question left, but this is more of like a trivia fact. It wants to know where do babies come from? Is it the storks that deliver them? The when two people love each other, or the stupidest answer in the whole quiz, ask your parents. <laughs> <laughs> this quiz does not want to take responsibility for teaching you something.
0: Hey, look, I, I... <laughs> I already know the answer to this one. As far as I know, it's just, it's the stork. So I'm going to go with the stork. I don't need yeah, to that, ask anybody. that totally,
1: that totally checks out. Um,
0: all I've right, you are
1: done. Uh, Dumbo. <laughs> um, well, good news. You've actually done quite well. Um, Your persona is Arsene, who is, despite all being in right. the game, hardly for any time, he is actually a super cool persona.
0: Hey, he is, he's awesome, actually. I think he's got one of the better designs. I mean, he's joker's persona so he better have a good design but yeah arsene's cool i'm happy with that
1: exactly you see him more in smash bros than you do in persona but he is hella cool uh and here's the justification you got for arsene it is your kind and gentle behavior among others belies a raging soul within why must the strong prosper while the weak are trampled underfoot your jovial personality makes you the perfect trickster you win the trust of the powerful before swooping in and leveling the playing field for the rest. So Sounds That's, about right. that's, that's good, good hero shit. That's pretty right. goddamn cool. Um, I'd say this, that's well, a success. Well done. Well done. I, I think that's great. Um, just for fun, I also did the quiz yesterday, so I'll quickly read you mine just for comparison. I got Zoro, which is also pretty bad. That's a good one too. Zoro's cool. Um, I'm a little bit more of an edgelord than you, though, because... It says, for me, your silent and meek demeanor betrays the passionate soul lying within. No one else knows about the true you that lies beneath. The depths of your passion encompass not only love and culture, but also justice and conflict. You are a silent defender and strong protector. But will you ever let anyone see that beneath the mask?
0: (laughs) Beneath the mask.
1: (laughs) Exactly. It sounds
0: like Yosuke wrote that, too.
1: A hundred percent. I was just about to say, like, you're the hero, but I'm kind of the like struggling artist. Like, oh, no one quite understands me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no one understands my play.
1: That's right. Um,
0: cool. Cool. I like it. I think <laughs> you know what. As poor as I did on the on the academic portion of that quiz, uh, I'm pretty pleased with the outcome at the end there. So, so you know what? Maybe it's been somewhat redeemed, uh, or at least mm-hmm. I'll tell myself that.
1: I say, I say, well done. And you get to hold your credit as a persona fan. I think, you know, it's like, it's like, can you pull the sword from the stone? Like, can you get Arsene on your team as like the hero character? And and it turns out you are worthy.
0: That's right. So it's not all about school smarts, kids. You can get two out of what it was, two out of nine on your test. That's fine. As long as you get the good persona, it's all you need. Um, That's
1: right. I don't study. I just do well. That's right. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, Kate, well, I think that's almost going to close the show out for today. Although, as usual, we do uh, close the show out with a listener mail question. Uh, for those of you joining us for the first time, every every time on the show, uh, we close out by reading a listener mail question uh, and giving a little answer to that. So you can send your mail into circlesandsquarespod at gmail.com, just like Ashley did with uh, today's question.
1: Yeah, and I, I think this is a really great question. It kind of harkens back to what we were talking about at the top of the show with um. Some video game music being present at the Olympics and and just kind of even further emphasizing, you know, what is what is really a, a stupid argument in the first place. But it just kind of proves that like, you know, video games are really influential. They can be art. They can, you know, really impact your life on a really personal level. And so this question um, just lets us kind of s- reminisce on that a little bit. And she wants to know what's something a video game has taught you? Um, and I, I love this question, so I'll just I'll start us out quickly. I've kind of got two answers here. I've, I've got a broad one, and I've been thinking about this a lot, um, especially with, you know, how the world's been and, and just taking time to slow down and enjoy the little things. And I think video games can do a really good job of making, of crafting those moments for you. Um, so I want to shout out two ex- good examples of this. Um, the first one is in Hades. Uh, so after you beat the game for the first time, you get this like really beautiful view. It's a really nice vista, and you kind of look at it, and you know this sort of there's there's like some scenery in the background moves, and it's really nice. But it, it's kind of one of those. It just you get to look at it for as long as you like before you decide to press on, and it's just a nice breather after a really hectic run, and a and kind of a nice celebration to just oh I finally did it. Um, and then the other one, which I think is is probably the best example of something like this, and I will fight anyone who says otherwise, <laughs> uh, is The Last of Us has a moment where you encounter some giraffes. And it's kind of been a little bit of a, a theme throughout the game where you, you and Ellie have talked about them a few times, and she's so excited she wants to see one because she's, she's never seen them before. She didn't know what a zoo was, and um, so you finally do run into them after some really intense sections of the game mm-hmm. and you kind of like lean up against this fence and ellie's rushed over to see them and as joel you kind of walk over and and you lean on the fence with her and you're just watching these giraffes together and they're just breathing and, and taking in just a moment of, of absolute beauty uh in a in a world that's that's really devoid of that and and oppressive and it's tough to find some some light in that world Mm-hmm. And what's really cool about that sequence to me is that it's not a scripted sequence. It's not part of a cut scene. You have to walk over yourself to engage with it. And then you stay there for infinite time until you decide as the player to control Joel away, you step in and you say, okay, that's as much time as we can allot for this breather. We've got to press on. And I think integrating the player into one of those moments is is so cool it's such a subtle thing that the game does so well and like The Last of Us was an amazing journey start to end but that moment with the giraffes is genuinely the thing that stands out the most to me about that game like it just hit me on such an emotional level and I think it's nice games are hectic and exciting and often fast-paced but it's good to just slow down just meditate a little bit enjoy the little things and you can find that a lot in games.
0: You know, yeah. Um, that giraffe scene is beautiful. I, I I think that's such a yeah. great example of of what you're talking about, and like, because it is up to you. You're not you're not being shown something and then swooped along to the next event. Like you you seriously could just stand there and admire it. And I, yeah, that's that's a great answer. I think. Mm-hmm. Very, uh,
1: very, absolutely. I've I've got chi- I genuinely have chills thinking about it. <laughs> like it's just it's just such a beautiful experience. Um. And I one more, I guess, a little more concrete answer is, is, is kind of, you know, something a video game has taught me that was the first thing I thought of, um, and that is playing the Banner Saga series. I've, I've recommended a lot on the show and really should do more in the future because I think it's, it's really criminally underrated. But it is one of those games where you make a lot of decisions, a lot of choices, and they have lasting um, consequences. consequences and that's not in a shallow way where it's like oh you get a few different bits of dialogue no like people will die different people will join your party or not join um something you decided in the first game will carry on all the way through to the final game in the trilogy like everyone's playthrough is very vastly different and when i first started playing this game i was very stressed about making some of these choices because I didn't want to lose someone I was so concerned I would miss out on something if I chose a wrong choice um but what's really nice about that game is the decisions are not like this is the good choice this is the evil choice and this is the like I don't want to commit to anything choice like they're all there's all some validity in each answer and each one's kind of like you're in a really tough situation and there's a few different ways to go about it and like you're really just genuinely picking what you think is the best way forward and and you don't know what's going to happen and so i had a character die off a decision i made one time and i had that moment i was like oh shit like i could just go reload that save but it really taught me i was like you know what creating that stress is is totally missing the point of a game like this the point is to get immersed and when something happens that i don't necessarily anticipate or if it's not a positive outcome that adds to my experience of the game because it's a genuine thing that would happen in this world like not everything's gonna go right and it really enriched the game for me when sometimes there would be negative consequences and it really made the world feel more alive and it made me relate to the characters more because they weren't just going through the best possible outcomes Mm -hmm. if i you know looked up a guide or if i had you know like
0: save it or something
1: yeah, yeah save scummed it, and I, I really think that i would have gotten so much of like so much of the value i got out of those games would have been diminished if i had you know like let myself kind of you know pick and choose and based off of like an optimal playthrough and i had so much better of a time just going with the flow and and really like role-playing it and getting immersed so i always kind of look back at that game as, as something that has helped me kind of throw away or discard that the stress that comes along with some of the more involved games where you're making story decisions and now when i play games i'm totally just on board for the ride and to see what ends up happening and i gotta thank banner saga for getting me over that hill
0: Shout out to Banner Saga, man. That's another like one of your classic favorites. It's mm-hmm. no surprise that it shows up with something like this. So
1: Absolutely. That's
0: good. That's good.
1: Check it out. Everyone, check it out. So good.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, for, for my answer, I kind of took it in two very different ways. And I definitely, I mean, you've you've really put a lot of thought into this, it seems like <laughs> you have a very elaborate answer. Um, for me, I I mean, I think video games, just on like a scientific level, I I love like if you want to talk about what they're teaching us, like if you think about literally um like educationally i or like mm-hmm. motor skill wise i think the video there's a lot of research and whatnot that people who play a lot of video games like they it might help your reaction time stuff like that so i just wanted to shout that out like that's really cool like in terms of like dexterity reaction time like uh problem solving if you play a lot of puzzle games or something so i think i think that's really cool like in and of itself not not that i want to go go on about it but just the fact that it can like actually improve some of your physical traits and like obviously you can you can get out of shape if you play a lot of games too like there's not all only benefits but <laughs> there is some uh some cool stuff that it can, can yeah, improve that way
1: that's, that's um, a good point too and even even the mental side of it too like that is like yeah like puzzle games like they really can like you know make you more creative or good at problem solving like mm-hmm. that that's a really yeah. good point yeah. to bring up so, for
0: sure it definitely like that came to my mind when thinking about this but honestly like my my real answer and this is kind of along the same lines as your your point from the last of us and hades and whatnot it's just like i think overall like it's not even what a certain game has taught me but it's like it's just to be yourself man and be and like games have taught me really to just follow your passion in your life and do what makes you happy like i we're we're like in our I mean maybe this hurts your feelings a little bit because it was just your birthday but like we're in our late 20s now you know and <laughs> I don't mean to bring that up and make you upset but at the same time it's like no, you know it's kind of taken this long like I, I don't think 10 years ago you know when I was kind of getting to that late teen years like you know early 20s it w- I don't think I would have been as inclined to like do a game podcast or be as open about the the games you're playing and stuff like that in, in like my personal life just because there's there was that kind of stigma as like, Oh, games are, you know, you're a nerd. You play a lot of games. Like, Oh, you like Mario, you like Pokemon. Like the only cool games are call of duty or the sports games and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I think like maybe it's, maybe it's an age thing. Maybe it's just games are becoming more prevalent. And, you know, we see all the sales numbers of how important and, and like just how big of an industry this has become. But really like, to me, it comes down to like, you know what, like if we want to make it more mainstream in the, the, ta- in the way we talk about movies and tv and it's and um I, I think games are are really getting there and they they are in a lot of ways but there's also like it's still like the stereotypical like oh look at that nerd playing games in the basement you know and like i i just really mm-hmm. want to be uh a, an advocate for like no you know what if you enjoy something like this and you get a lot out of it like clearly it's such a, a amazing medium of storytelling and fun and, and interaction like socially with your friends and being able to come on and, and do a, a podcast like this and we have some great conversation like we genuinely just enjoy talking about this stuff and and um i i don't see why it should should be like that so like to me like games have just taught me to be myself do what do what i enjoy you know like it doesn't matter if i'm if i'm you know it's, it's cool to play warzone or something if i want to go play pokemon snap like fuck it i'm gonna play pokemon snap mm-hmm. i don't care if i'm if it's made for like 10 year olds you know like it's just fun and and i think uh that's that's what games have taught me more than anything else it's just like do what makes do what you're passionate about and if that's playing if that's playing games or playing a sport or anything else that you're really into just just do what you like and and so uh, I think that's what games have taught me and like now I I couldn't imagine like not playing games like I I play a game almost every day you know like it's it's just part of who I am and so um if that's what it's taught me and maybe maybe uh I hope that that listening to this podcast maybe does that for someone else too uh, at some point so so, uh, yeah, I, I mean,
1: I I love it. I think that's a fantastic answer. And I think it just really sums up like, yeah, exactly what we're doing right now, what we've been doing for the last hour and a half or however long um, this episode ends up being. And even just the last like year with all the, the shows we've been recording and, you know, how important it's become to us and how much we enjoy doing the show and hearing from listeners and engaging with other people in the community, like this is what we're passionate about. And, you know, that that's something something to be celebrated, not something to be ashamed of. And obviously, you know, as years go by, and you get older and more mature, and you know, that starts to be a a bit of a less of a worry, but especially for if we have any younger listeners out there, like, no, just follow your passion, like, be happy, do what you want to do, find the things in life that excite you. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, that's what we're here for. And, I just think it's I. there's nothing I love more than hearing someone talk about something they're passionate about, and it's a double plus when it's games because I can absolutely get on board and nerd out with them. <laughs> so absolutely, um,
0: man. I absolutely. love it. I what think
1: a... that's a beautiful answer, and I think it just totally encapsulates what we're trying to do here at Circles and Squares, and I couldn't think of a better way to close out the show uh, other than asking you lovely listeners if there's something that you feel a video game has taught you um you can absolutely respond to us all our links will be below in the video uh or whatever podcast service you are using and also feel free to go on over to crunchyroll find out what your (laughs) persona is (laughs) <laughs> and see if you can get someone equally as cool as us.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, we got like Joker's persona and Morgana's persona. Like, come on, you could. I don't think there's anyone better. That's perfect. Uh, but yeah, as Kate said, <laughs> you can get in touch with us in a variety of ways. Of course, like I said uh, before Listener Mail, if you want to send us a question to be answered on the show, uh, please send us an email to circlesandsquarespod at gmail.com. Or if you prefer Twitter, we're on there as well at C and S pod. Uh just search for us there. All of our links are are there. You can find us on a variety of different places, YouTube, podcast services. You search circles and squares podcast, and we will be there. Uh, so thank you all very much for the support. And one little teaser to throw out just at the end here. Um, Definitely make sure to follow the Twitter because we have some interesting updates that are going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so please stay tuned for that uh, with some, some some cool stuff coming down the pipeline for this show here. So we're excited to, uh, to uh, talk about that a bit more in the future. Uh, but for now, that's going to close out this episode. So thank you again for listening and we'll see you next time. The intro and outro music for Circles and Squares was produced by friend of the show, Matthew Chan. Interlude music is from Scott Grattan of the Free Music Archive. Our channel art was created by at Unreasonable on Twitter. And our brother Alex is the designer of the Circles and Squares logo. Thank you all for listening and supporting the show.